So there's always drama for the Big 12 Conference. That is nothing new, and now it's just on the field, and it continues to be off the field. I'm Pete Mundo. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is, of course, where you find us. Heartland College Sports Weekly is the show, and it's always great to be with you guys for another week. So let's start um, off the field. But before we do that, I want to remind you that uh, leaving ratings and reviews on this show help tremendously i mean we're over 500 ratings on itunes and i was at like 350 on this show a couple of months ago you guys are making that possible that's why i'm backed up on heartland college sports koozies but i'm still sending them out when you leave a rating and a review and send me a screenshot of your rating and review to pete mundo m-u-n-d-o at heartlandcollegesports.com i can't thank you guys enough for doing that and uh, just taking out a minute after the show to leave that rating and review. It really does help tremendously. All right, so where are we right now on conference realignment? Well, it looks like it's all but a done deal. BYU, Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston. The applications are going out this week, and the Big 12 could be getting that thing all wrapped up by the end of the week. Now, this is what we expected. It's nothing new. It is not adding Oklahoma and Texas. You're not replacing those teams. But that was never supposed to be the goal. The Big 12 was never supposed to be looking at this through the prism of, are we going to be able to compete with the SEC? No, we have to put that by the wayside, right? And I know that on my Twitter profile, which you can find us there, at Heartland underscore CS, and I think I have this on the Instagram profile as well, and of course go like our Facebook page. We're in all three places. I have the tagline, the SEC is overrated. And I do believe the SEC as it presently is constituted, is an overrated conference. But when Oklahoma and Texas join the league, it will be the best football conference in America, bar none. There will be no debating over who is going to be the best conference in college football. But that's not the standard the Big 12 had to look at this through the prism of. The Big 12 had to look at this and say, what makes us most viable? Not more viable than the SEC. Not what makes us competitive with the Southeast Conference. What makes us as viable and attractive as possible? And I thought Mike Gundy actually put it very well this week. When Mike Gundy said on Tuesday about these four programs, a lot of what you know many of us have been saying for weeks, he said people see BYU as a Power 5 team. They see the logo, they don't know they're an independent, and they think they're tied into a Power 5 conference. Central Florida has 71,000 students. They're in a heck of a TV market, and they have a heck of a recruiting base, and they played Good football now. Then you have Cincinnati, who has a big television market. There's a lot of people that live in that part of the country. And that logo has grown in popularity in the last few years, and they're winning. Yeah, I I mean, the Bearcats uh, are doing great. And their head coach, Luke Fickle, is, you know, people have tried to poach him away from, you know, to various parts of the country, and he has stayed true to the state of Ohio. He's an Ohio guy. I mean, that's that's where he excels. That's where his recruiting base is. And to his credit, he's he's stuck it through. Like, I think Cincinnati is going to be a great addition to this league when you talk about the fact that you have a more natural partner in West Virginia. I think the Cincinnati-Iowa State rivalry could be a, a, a good one. Like with Matt Campbell, his Ohio ties, Luke Fickle. I don't know. That just feels good to me. You do have a top 35 TV market in Cincinnati as well. 
So there's a lot, and it's a huge, obviously, high school and college football part of the country, right? Like, I would take, when you think about college football and, and TV markets, this is where I think the executives get it wrong. They're looking at L.A. They're looking at New York, like the Big Ten. Yeah, let's add Rutgers to get New York City. Like, Are you stupid? Seriously, are you stupid? You don't have to be a New Yorker to understand that Rutgers is not New York City sports. Rutgers could have a top five team in the country, and they would still be, you know, on page 10 of the sports section. But give me media market number 37 with Cincinnati is what the technical number is. Give me a Bearcats team that's got a huge passionate fan base and alumni base behind it that will only grow with them being in a bigger conference. And I'll take that over Rutgers in New York City. Now, you may get a higher number of people watching that game in New York. Maybe, maybe. But I'll tell you right now, I would take the passion and the energy of Cincinnati fans in that media market over Rutgers fans in New York or UCLA fans in Los Angeles. There's no doubt in my mind about that. And by the way, you're not just getting the Cincinnati media market. You know, you tap into Ohio, you tap into Dayton, you tap into Columbus. Columbus is top 35. Uh, Cleveland's top 20. Dayton's 63. I mean, that's a that's a state that's hugely in to this sport and will be a great addition for the Big 12. So Mike Gundy was absolutely onto it right there. And, and now the Big 12 can go into Florida? And not that the Big 12 could not recruit Florida. It could. But now you can recruit Florida with a team like UCF right in the Orlando area. You get the I-4 corridor. And as he noted, one of, if not the largest undergraduate enrollment in the country in Central Florida. You can go into Florida and have more of a case competing in recruiting against other guys. And, you know, UCF now, by the way, and UCF has put a ton of money into that program now you put them in a power conference. I mean, why can't UCF be, I'm not going to say they're going to be Florida State, but why can't UCF be what Miami is right now? I mean, Miami football, eh, it's not what it was in the 90s. Why can't UCF be Miami football? Like Miami football, still, it's kind of like UCLA. They don't really play on the home campus. They got a lot of strange issues with the you know, college team in a big market, right? It's a pro town in Miami. And yes, UCF has the magic. But I think UCF in Central Florida would end up being a bigger deal if they were playing really well than, let's say, Miami has been as of late playing mediocre football. I firmly, firmly believe that. And then you've got BYU, as Mike Gundy mentioned, national brand. People see the logo. They think they're a Power 5 team. Don't really know the story. And Houston gives you the obvious, not lockdown on the city of Houston, but it keeps you viable in the state of Texas. I mean, with Texas and Texas A&M both going to be in the SEC, you know, it's hard to argue that the state of Texas will probably start leaning to being an SEC state. That's been happening anyway with Texas A&M and especially East Texas. You know, you got LSU right down the road. You got the Mississippi schools, Arkansas. I mean, we, you know, we all know that that's been happening at least for East Texas. But the rest of the state, with the Longhorns going there, it's probably going to become an SEC state. Which, by the way, the Big Twelve should move its headquarters 
up here to Kansas City. You heard it here first. You hear in that Big 12? Move your headquarters right up here to the Kansas City area. You've got your Big 12 tournament here. Get out of Dallas-Fort Worth. The only reason you moved out and went down there was because of um, the University of Texas. So just come on to Kansas City. Yes, I'm biased. Yes, I live here. I get it. But seriously, they should do that. It'd be a better centrally located environment for them, no doubt about it. What's the point of being in Dallas-Fort Worth anymore? For Baylor, TCU, Texas Tech, and now Houston? I mean, I love you guys, but you're going to have two-thirds of the league not in the state of Texas. Come to a more centrally located area like Kansas City. I know I'm biased. Once again, I'll admit it, but I think it's the right play. But still, Houston keeps you relevant and allows you to still recruit the Houston area, which is obviously an enormous recruiting ground for the Big 12 and the SEC. And Houston's one of those programs as well that with them moving up in competition and moving up uh, conference-wise, I believe that they can also have an enormous amount of success. We've already seen it from them as a group of five school. I think that can only improve now going forward for for this program. So I'm really excited. I, I am. Not only for us, this outlet, this website, the fan. I mean, I'm just excited for everybody. It's not going to be the SEC, okay? It's not. But there's no reason that Mike Gundy, who has never been a top 15 recruiter in terms of how the program ranks, there's no reason that Mike Gundy can't have this program stay a top 25 program in Oklahoma State. Same thing for Gary Patterson. Same thing for Matt Campbell. I, like, it's so much about who your head coach is, and as long as that money doesn't drop off dramatically from, like, $40 million per team to, to 15 because obviously money does, you know, basically allow you to pay for coaches and, and facilities and, and staffing and things of that nature, as long as the money doesn't fall off a cliff, which I don't believe that it will, it's going to be all right. It's, seriously, it's going to be all right. And uh, understanding what this league is going to be is an important part of this. And I believe once we accept that, there's going to be a lot of fun to be had here. There is. Pete Mundo with you on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. It's always good to be with you guys. And let me tell you, before we get to our power rankings, by the way, got to get our power rankings here coming up. Let me tell you about my friends at MyBookie. If you like locks, well, there's no better lock than right now. At MyBookie.ag, go there. You can bet. On the Cowboys-Bucks game, yes. And when any team scores, you win. You heard that right. It's that simple. The game gets played. You get paid. Somebody's got to score. That's all you need to do. And also, you can use my promo code at mybookie.ag, big12, that is big12, and they will double your first deposit instantly. That's doubling your deposit Using our promo code BIG12, BIG12. We've been using MyBookie now for, geez, several years. They've been great partners of this show. And it's a good way as well to just uh, support this show. You support our advertisers. You support our sponsors. And, you know, we can keep growing and keep doing this better and getting you guys more content. So I'm a personal user of MyBookie.com. Put all my Big 12 bets on there last weekend. I'll be doing it again this weekend. And we appreciate you guys checking them out. MyBookie.com, promo code BIG12, BIG12. And also, you can't lose Thursday Night Football, Cowboys and Bucks. One team scores, you win. 
Get on it at mybookie.com. All right, let's get to our power rankings. Heading into week two of the Big 12 football season. And remember how this works, how I do this, okay? This is done by how you played. This is not done by preseason rankings. This is not done by what I expect the final standings to be. This is simply done by how you performed on the field. And right now, we've only got one game. All right? Pete Mundo with you, heartlandcollegesports.com. Let's do it. One through ten. At number one, the Texas Longhorns, up from number four last week. Texas had a top 25 matchup, the only team with a top 25 matchup. And they took care of business, baby. Took care of business over Louisiana. All right? By 20 points. With a new redshirt freshman quarterback, new head coach, new system, and they comfortably rolled Louisiana. Bijan Robinson piled up 170 yards on the ground and through the air, while Hudson Card looked impressive in his first start. The defense also played really well. Um, so, most importantly, Texas was the more talented team. They did not play down the competition, which has happened way, way, way too many times under previous head coach Tom Herman. We'll see if they can keep it going. But Texas had the most impressive performance of week one, winning a top 25 game by 20 points, and they are number one in our week two Big 12 power rankings. At number two, the Kansas State Wildcats. All right, they could have thrown the shutout against the Stanford Cardinal if they wanted to, but, you know, they gave up a garbage touchdown there at the end, and such is life sometimes. So for K-State, you got a healthy Skylar Thompson, the quarterback, Deuce Vaughn at running back, improved offensive line. The defense may be better than anticipated. And I'm not sitting here and saying the Cats are going to be competing at the top of the Big 12 just yet. All right? But can they exceed expectations? Absolutely. And that is nothing new for the K-State faithful, by the way. Nothing new. But it wasn't just any non-conference win, as I talked about on Sunday's show, which I do a Sunday show that airs only on the podcast and only on YouTube as well, and Instagram Live for that matter. So if you catch us on the radio or anywhere else, be sure to make sure you're subscribed to our podcast because that's the only way to catch the Sunday show or YouTube as well. Be sure to check it out there. But this was a win for the other eight in the Big 12 who were told they were not good enough, all right? This was a win for you. Stomping on Stanford, a premier program in the Pac-12, and the Pac-12 decided two weeks ago, yeah, you guys aren't good enough for us. K-State said, we'll take care of that. Number three in the Big 12 power rankings, Texas Tech. The Red Raiders had an early 14-0 hole to Houston. Didn't touch the ball for like the first 13 minutes of the game. Now, in recent seasons, that would have meant a long night for Tech fans. But Tyler Shuck, the Oregon transfer, is the reason Tech fans have hope right now. Hope that they can dig out of double-digit deficits, which they haven't been able to do really since Patrick Mahomes was there. And the defense was sneaky good, all right? Sneaky good. Rico Jeffers with a pick six. That was a turning point in this game, and Texas Tech comes in at number three for us in our Big 12 power rankings. At number four, TCU. Yes, it was Duquesne, but you couldn't get a better start for Gary Patterson and this Horn Frogs team than 45-3. to three. All right, um, and and for TCU, you do what you got to do. You got Cal this weekend, then SMU. Those are two games that are going to be much more telling in terms of where this program is in 2021. But, hey, a lot of SCS teams beat or, or gave real scares to FBS teams this weekend, 
and that was not an issue in Fort Worth. So taking care of business is certainly worth something, and that's what TCU did. All right, yes, it's Duquesne, but 45-3 is 45-3. At number five in our Big 12 power rankings, the Oklahoma Sooners, yeah, they won the game. Yeah, they looked great at times, but there were clearly lapses in uh, attention during this game. They trailed early 14-7, then they led 37-14, and then they had to hang on for a 40-35 win. Uh, we hyped up, myself included, this defense all offseason, and it did at times, you know, look pretty good. But then other times it looked like Mike Stoops was back on the sidelines as they were getting smoked left and right. It was a very Jekyll and Hyde type of performance. Spencer Rattler threw a couple of interceptions as well, so a rocky start to his Heisman campaign. Now, let me be clear, this team is still the favorite to win the Big 12, okay? But once again, these power rankings are done based on how you have looked on the field in the last week. And there's only one game, and Oklahoma did not look great in it. All right? Uh, against Tulane, by the way. Tulane. Uh, it wasn't even a Power 5 program. It was Tulane. At number six, Oklahoma State. So they were without Spencer Sanders due to those COVID-19 protocols, and things went fine for Shane Ellingworth. But the second half was a mess. And, and back, you know, both Oklahoma teams need a reminder that football games are 60 minutes, not 30. All right. They both had pretty solid first halves. And then the second half was a disaster. But for Oklahoma State, seriously, I mean, they averaged 1.9 yards per rush. That's a big concern to start the season as the offensive line, it, it just it continues to be an issue, more or less, for Mike Gundy's program. And now they've got Tulsa and Boise State the next two games. Yes, winnable. Yes, they'll be favorites. But, uh, you know, they were playing Missouri State this past weekend, and they averaged 1.9 yards per rush. Having Spencer Sanders in over Shane Illingworth will certainly give them a better look on the ground, but that, is, that number scares the daylights out of me. Number seven, the Baylor Bears. Wins a win. You beat Texas State closer than it needs to be late in the game. Got to be more consistent on both sides of the ball. But if you're Dave Aranda, you're coming off a 2-7 and seven season, uh, you take it, you grind out this win over Texas State on the road, and you go back to Waco and look at the tape. I mean, that, that, that's what you do. I, I don't know if it changes. I don't think it changes the ceiling of this team at all. But consistency was the biggest thing I came away thinking about here with this Baylor Bears team. At number eight in our Big 12 power rankings, the Iowa State Cyclones. Boy, isn't it just death taxes and slow starts for Matt Campbell's Cyclones? Like, you really can't critique anything Matt Campbell has done with this program. You just can't, right? I'm not trying to. But at the same time, oh, can you not struggle? Can you not struggle with Northern Iowa, please? I know Charlie Kohler's out, but you're a top 10 team in the country. I know you want to stay vanilla ahead of Iowa this week. You're still a top 10 team in the country. Can we just beat Northern Iowa by, like, I don't know, 17 to 20 points? Can, can we just have this game over by the third quarter? I, I don't think that's too much to ask, Coach Campbell. Please, please, I love you, man. Give me a little bit of something to work with here. I'm, I, I'm not asking for too much. I know you're delivering trips to the Big 12 title game here, but can, can you not put the Cyclone Nation on pins and needles every year in week one? Oh, gosh. I, I, I know, I know. If you told Iowa State fans two years ago, three, four, let's say five years ago, that this would be your scenario, you'd have a top 10 team, but, you know, you'd struggle week one every year, you'd take it. 
But, you know, it's okay to get greedy once in a while. At number nine in the Big 12 football power rankings from Heartland College Sports, got the West Virginia Mountaineers. Yeah, they played a Power 5 program in Maryland, but they lost the turnover battle for nothing. And watching this offense continue to labor over and over and over again under Jared Dagey has got to be frustrating for WVU fans. And this year's defense, by the way, is not going to be last year's, which carried this team at times. It is not going to be last year's defense, no doubt about it. It just, it can't. And I'm thinking about this, and I'm saying to myself, boy, I I want it to be a team that makes strides in year three under Neil Brown, but I have a hard time seeing it based on the fact that I feel like the defense is going to take a step back, and I'm not convinced the offense is any better. Between Jared Dagey and the wide receivers like Sam James, who still can't catch a pass that hits him right in the hands, I don't see how you can look at the team that we saw on Saturday and say it's anything more than a bowl team at 6-6. Six and six. I, I, I just, I'm not seeing it right now. I'm not. At number 10 on the Big 12 Power Rankings, the Kansas Jayhawks. Yes, they won a football game for the first time in 677 days. But I don't know if you can look a whole lot worse in a win over an FCS program than what Kansas did against South Dakota on Friday night. I mean, listen, if you're a KU fan, you don't care. You just won a football game for the first time in almost two years. And neither should head coach Lance Leipold. He's paid to win games. But I'm giving West Virginia the nod for the number nine spot, given their loss was to a Power 5 program on the road. But if KU competes with Coastal Carolina this week, As a 27-point underdog, then yes, Lance Leipold and company will be able to possibly turn some heads. There, I said it. It's not impossible. It's not. There's your power rankings heading into week two of the Big 12 football season. Texas, Kansas State, Texas Tech, TCU, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Baylor, Iowa State, West Virginia, and Kansas. I'm Pete Mundo. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is the site. Thank you guys, as always, for joining us. We've got so much more great content coming your way this week on the podcast, on the website as well. Be sure to find us on all the social media platforms. And don't forget about our friends at MyBookie.com. The promo code BIG12, that's BIG12, doubles your first deposit. Doubles it. Great way to help uh, help out this show and help out our site continue to grow and get bigger and better than ever. And let me thank you guys on the podcast on iTunes for leaving such nice reviews. I'll read a couple here. Look, uh, this is from uh, Monday. I-S-N-S-F-S-F-G-S is the username. Look, I'm a UT homer, but this podcast and this guy embodies everything that we love about college sports. This guy. That should, that should be my new headline. This guy. My biggest concern about the Big 12 breaking up is this podcast. The passion, the knowledge. This channel has... Are second to none. I get all my news here. I always look forward to a new show coming out. 10 out of 10, definitely worth it. Thank you. That is really nice, actually. And, you know, people always think that Texas fans are mad at me. I, that, that's a Texas fan right there. Thank you for that. Love to listen to you every week. Keep up the hard work. It's much appreciated. This on Friday, keep up the good fight, Pete. There are very few objective opinions in the Big 12 when it comes to the national media. Pete actually pays attention to the Big 12 and points out the hypocritical national narrative. That is true. And I'll leave you with this one. Started listening after searching for a podcast about more than drooling over the SEC and Big Ten. 
Tired of 30-minute podcasts to hear two minutes of Big 12 coverage? This is exactly what I was looking for. It's the best source of Big 12 college sports news and opinions. Pete's fair and balanced, extremely passionate about the Big 12. Way more than endless robotic conversations about Bama, Clemson, Ohio State. If you're not a Big 12 fan, you should be disappointed. You don't get a show that covers your conference with this level of quality. As no you alumni, the biggest thing I will miss about the Big 12 is this show, without a question. Going to start rocking that koozie until it falls apart. That's very nice. Thank you for that uh, on iTunes. So you guys can leave us a rating and a review, and I'll get you that koozie, by the way, that Heartland College Sports koozie. You can only get it by leaving a rating and a review on iTunes and then send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thank you guys for all you do. Seriously, can't do it without you. And we'll talk to you soon. Our picks are coming down uh, Thursday. So be sure to check out that show as well right here on heartlandcollegesports.com.